0: Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed.
1: You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. This is episode 156. Today, we're going to be talking about our biggest lessons in marriage. Welcome back. A toda
1: maquina, growing and expanding. (laughs) In every direction possible.
2: Yo también vien aquí um, la tercera es la vencida. A mí también ya me me tocó el breaking cover, uh, pero ya voy de salida. Es lo que lo que estaba diciendo Afra. Um, I think it's my fifth day after uh, testing positive. Maybe it's my fourth day. I, I feel much much better, and I just uh, feel a little congested. And it, it hits me when I lay down. When I hit, you know, when you lay down, like it just that's when it hits me. But I slept much better last night, so hopefully,
0: yeah, yeah, we're going salida como Feel better? Says he. Really sad that you are now being hit with this, but I'm glad that you're doing okay. That Luis is okay, and that the girls are negative. That's wonderful. So three for three on the COVID venture. It was bound to happen, I suppose. I'm just glad that we're not anti-vaxxers and that we're healthy. We don't have underlying conditions. If you're listening, that's your first love language and relationship (laughs) tip. Uh, Take care of your loved ones. Take care of yourself. Start with you and be healthy. So we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to talk about our biggest lessons in relationships, and these can mostly be romantic. I think we're going to go on that angle, but really in relationships, there's lots of lessons. It could be family. It could be friends. So excuse us if we go all over the place because it's often relevant when we do. So I think I will start with Ceci, and I'm going to ask her a little bit about her journey and her lessons in marriage.
2: I <laughs> knew you were going to start with me. I was like, "Siempre que boy mis notas, like you start with me. That's all good. though.
0: You're ready. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, Yo ya aprendí. Por eso I'm like, no pongo nada. <laughs> I know. These, and also, these notes are from oh, like keep them to myself. <laughs> These notes are from, like, two, three weeks ago uh, when we when we had, like, first talked about, like, talking about this topic. um. But anyway, I, I do have some notes here that are going to guide me as to what I want to talk about. Um, I think, for me, I've always been, like, a hopeless romantic. Uh, speaking of being romantic in relationships, it's still something that, you know, still gets to me. Maybe not as much as, you know, obviously, the first couple of years in, in a relationship, the, the, uno de recién de novios, you know, que se están dedicando canciones and whatnot. But it always brings me back when we still, like, listen to, like, that one song that we, you know, we shared or that we both, uh, like, our wedding song, for example, cada vez que la ponemos, yeah, it just, like, gets to me and I have, like, little butterflies. Um, Or just randomly, when I get, like, a text message from my husband, like, you know, like, the canción, it's just, like, it just brings me back, right? It brings me back to when we were first dating, and, like, the butterfly. so it's nice, it's nice to, to you know, experience that, and I have, and it's, like, one of those things, it's, like, I think it's my love language, like, just to relive those moments, and to, um, to remember that, and um, to remember. I know we're busy, we have kids, we have jobs, um, two jobs, you know, and, and whatnot, consentida in that way, again, um, and courted, I guess, if you will, like, um, I heard, I've heard before the, the saying, like, never stop dating your wife, never stop dating your your husband. Um why? Because it just um you know, it feels good and it keeps the it keeps the, the passion the flame and it's because it reminds you, it reminds me of when we first dated. Taking care of each other and in and como dijeron en la iglesia in sickness and in health. Uh,
0: Beautiful that you started with like romance because everybody expects relationships to be so romantic and so put together once you're married, and there's this fantasy about relationships that isn't always, you know, it doesn't come to be. So, thank you for reminding us that you're what, seven years in? Casado de siete años, yeah? Yeah, ya, ya so, en, un, en mar, el mes que entra siete. So around the time where they say there's a seven-year itch and people are kind of like bored or looking for something else, it looks like Ceci's biggest lesson is that to be romantic with each other is still important. To do the little things to remember to be intentional and thoughtful is still important to them. Clearly, that's what their relationship was based on to begin with. So it it holds a lot of weight. So thank you for sharing that, Ceci. I think it's important because the flip side is people telling you that, oh, you know, it'll go away or, oh, in seven years, you're going to feel restless. Like the truth is, if you put that work in, I think that's a really good lesson. Like you can keep those things in, you know, the forefront. So as he mentioned sort of like dates and spending time together, I'd say that for me, that's been a huge lesson to spend one-on-one quality time together, but that's also my love language. So it's easy for me to be that way. Like my husband's love language is different and his is acts of service. So he would want me to be more thoughtful and with him because that lands well with him, but I would want him to plan a date with me, for instance. But it also translates to my relationship with my kids. I, I like to take them on dates a lot. And so it translates in that way. I like to invest in a relationship with one-on-one quality time and bonding. So, that's been one of my lessons, but I think it's around the same vein of romance and trying to keep the romance alive. On that note, Vettel, what would you say is the way that you keep romance alive? Before you go into your big lesson, since we all had a theme on romance here, how do you keep the romance alive other than popping out babies? Every- oh my God,
1: I was going to say, by staying pregnant, <laughs> seven three 365. Throughout these last couple of years that we've had, like we've been recording our podcasts and it's really where my relationship with my husband now has developed, right? Like um, we are going into, I mean, our daughter's going to turn five and we started dating right after she was born, in a sense, dating each other. But I think it's been more like uh, lessons I've learned through both like Irene and you. And I, I love to observe other relationships that have worked, right? Um, I just feel like I've always been very observant of relationships from like my dear friends, um, the people around me, the things I have seen that worked for people and or for others, like other couples, and knowing that, like to try things, right? To try things because in my previous relationships, they led me up. Obviously they didn't work and they have led me, they have built me and created this person who I am now when it comes to the exchange of love and the exchange of, you know, the time and support that the things that you want from a partner. So I think it's been so far, like, Kind of going all in. I've always been one of those people that goes all in into a relationship despite of what has happened in a previous relationship, even though I've been heartbroken or someone let me down or the person didn't end up, you know, being the person I thought they were or I just didn't love them anymore. Whatever it was, I don't, I didn't let them, I didn't let those experiences like hinder the next one, right? Or prevent me from loving, giving my all on the next relationship, So that's just been something I've learned as a person where I cannot put up walls and expect someone to give me the world when I am not um, willing to do that for them. You know what I mean? So that's one thing I've had to learn first for myself and loving myself and allowing myself to love. Give that other person the opportunity to to give me that as well. I am the most recently married. I mean, everyone, if you've been listening to the podcast, are, are very familiar with my story and um i mean i had my eye on auto for a long time i shared this last couple of podcasts i said how you know i saw him at Sessie's 30th birthday and i was just like had butterflies in my stomach and i was like what the hell is wrong with me i haven't seen this dude in forever like but i just always had this like i liked him and i always thought he was really funny and i i loved he was like smart and all these different things and the people around him really like liked him too. So there was never anything bad about him that I hadn't experienced, right? Throughout like learning who he was. And even now, I mean, you start learning, we didn't date. And now that we're together, like on a daily basis, like we got, we had Gali in 2017, going into 2018. We got married in 2019. And as soon as we decided to get married, which is like your full commitment, right? (laughs) Like We're like, Hey, yeah, you're committed to someone like you're not divorcing me, homie. Like we're going to work through things. All right. So we go right, roll into the pandemic and we have our third baby. So we're three babies in, we're in a pandemic, we're constantly with one another. I mean, tell me (laughs) what's more of a, what is a recipe for disaster than like being in a, you know, creating a family with someone, building a a home, um, having to learn how to be a wife, how to be a partner to this person that has like just recently come into your life full on commitment, like full on committed to you. So it's been hard because I'm very much of like okay this let's go with the flow. Just let things be. Let's go like you don't have to you don't have to, you know, react to everything. Like you take a deep breath. Let's not fucking freak out, you know? And I learned that a long time ago because I said either I'm going to choose violence today or I'm going to choose to just calm the fuck down, right? So it's been one of those things with like my, with my husband now. And I think as we've gotten to know each other a lot more and we're going into our third year of of marriage, um, it's like I've had to, I know I have needs and wants and mine have been very unique because of the situation I've been as a, as the woman in the relationship, meaning, you know, committing and giving my, my body, my mind to my soul fully to like bearing children and raising our kids and then trying to carve out time to like refigure out who the new me is while I'm able to figure out how the new me can love this person in my life, right? That I've wanted in my life for so long. And it's been very challenging because in that process I've I've always been like an advocate of communicating. Communicate communicate communicate. communicate. But it's become hard because I feel like, well, what more can I say to this person to help them understand, like, what I need as well? But the thing is that in relationships, not just the you, right? We have to share. Both of us have to share. And sometimes that can get very, um, very
0: um, challenging. Just say it, girl. (laughs) Only only the hundreds of listeners are going to judge you. I know, right? (laughs) No, it's like.
1: It's like you get to the point where you're like, are you fucking serious? Like, do I really have to say this again? Or I have to put words to this when you can clearly open your eyes and just see all that goes into what happens into, you know, raising kids and running the house. But you realize that by at least sharing that sometimes it could be hurtful because you think you're giving it your all. But then your partner comes with, but this, how about that? That's why I say like, it's so important to fucking communicate because sometimes you think you're the only one going through shit in your relationship, right? Like, oh, I'm having a hard time. I'm like, maybe that person has just lost interest or the person has no interest in fixing things. You know, maybe they think everything's great, but I'm having a hard time. So it's so important to communicate and even over communicate and overly share with them in the sense of like what you're going through and what you're needing from them. So what I'm learning now is that it's not just me going through shit, (laughs) right? It's, my husband, on his own, is going through his own stuff, and I have to be willing to listen to that. And sometimes maybe he can take my actions and the way I do things in a way that he thinks I'm not being considered of him or you know, being um or taking you know the way he structures life and the way he does things into consideration of just life in general with our kids and our family. So one of those lessons has been like, don't be. With in the sense of wanting to communicate and overly communicate with your partner to to make sure you reach the places and the things that you want, you're gonna to have to listen as well. And that might be the hard part because they're gonna share things because their experience is different. They're a whole new different world. Cada cabeza es un mundo. And it might be things that are related to you and you might take it defensively. Like, what do you mean? And that's the thing that we we cannot think that we're the only ones having certain thoughts or issues in th- around the relationship or with our partner and think that there aren't, they aren't. So when those times do come, if you open up the space for that, and that's the beauty of, I think, partnership, the beauty of being married, the beauty of having someone that's like, I'm your freaking red or die. You can talk to me about anything and we're in it together and we're going to figure it out together. So sometimes with them sharing their experience in the relationship might come as a surprise to you, might be hurtful because it might be a way that you don't see yourself, but they see that. Just how we we see them in different lights and different moons. They see the same thing in us. So I feel that my biggest lesson so far has been like share, but also be willing to listen on their end because they're not the on- you're not the only one in the relationship here. So that has been my biggest takeaway, and it's so hard.
0: That's a you know what yet to yet, but yeah, no, that's <laughs> cry. It is a it's communication is the hardest thing, and everyone always says it, and you throw it out there. That's why earlier I said like just say it because the thing is, we all think that communication comes easy, and it's just talking. But communication is more than talking. Communication is. Oftentimes just listening, doing without talking, breathing, walking away, remembering something down the road, remembering if you're triggered or hurt, like communication is such an art it is maybe a written letter. It is a text. It is an eye roll. It is a sigh. It's like, oh my God, it is a pattern. Like you say you want to be different or you say all the right words when you're fighting and then you go into a behavior that just like pisses off your spouse over and over again. So communication is hard. So, The only tip of the day that is picked up today is that You have to work at it. That's the tip that we want you to understand and embrace and know that it's okay if it's hard. Thank you for saying that and for sharing that. And you're so new into your marriage. So you're obviously figuring out the whole dynamic of properly communicating on top of owning a home together, going through pandemic together, having kids together, like the layers to relationships are so much and especially marriage. Like we're very specific about marriage is a whole different ballpark. When you are living with someone, sharing bills with someone, raising kids with someone like, man, do you have to have like the awesomest communication skills. So thank you for oversharing because that's the tip of the day. Work on that and know that it's hard and it's okay if it's hard. Giving your all was one of the things you said at the top of your um, segment. And I think that's so critical because in relationships, we can be takers and we can not have our hand out and expect a person to take care of us. And I think there's a lot of magic when it starts with you taking care of you, which you said self-love and in turn, taking care of your partner, or your kids, your family. So it starts with you. And I thought that was a really powerful thing you said at the beginning. I didn't want to lose that. So giving her all is important. So all of us should be doing that, especially in friendships. That's one place that it takes two people to have a friendship. It, it takes two people checking in and caring and, and being there for one another. So communicating with your friends, your family. Okay. So moving along in terms of relationships, I think my biggest lesson in my marriage that is now, gosh, I don't know. I always lose count 17 or 18 years. Um, maybe not even that long. I think we've been together that long there's a lot of lessons and there's so many years that you sort of learn different lessons and you relearn a lot of lessons. But I would say the biggest thing is that growth is really important. And at least that's my marriage, not every marriage, but I think consistently growing has been really good for my spouse and I consistently wanting to be better for ourselves and wanting to be better for each other. And Just learning how to give the other person space and honoring the other person. And when I first got married like the first 10 years, we would always say like that we were in no plan B kind of marriage. Like there's no plan B. Like this is it. We got married. We're not going to get divorced. There's no plan B. We're planning. We have to stick to it. I was not the best at that the first decade. Like I always felt like divorce was okay because like my parents were not together and it worked out for my mom. And I didn't have such a resistance to that. I'm grateful that my husband has always had a different thinking around that because he's not a quitter. And if there's anything he doesn't quit, it's marriage. And it's it's really beautiful to see. So my biggest lesson is that you sometimes have to do all the growing, all the stretching, all the therapy, all the praying, all the family, all the, all the good, all the reading, all the counseling, whatever you have to do if you want to be in a plan A marriage. It's not just going to happen. You can't just be like, oh, I'm never going to get divorced. If you're in a kind of marriage where you're never going to get divorced, where you also aren't going to be married forever and miserable. I believe I'm you boy. believe
1: everything you just said this last like everyone replay the last 30 seconds like, for real
0: yes for, for real because some people think I'm just gonna stay and then they have like terrible marriages And in our culture to be quite honest my mom just stayed stayed state there's like a no plan b kind of life and plan a was terrible she needed to get the hell out she needed to be on like plan c or plan d so sometimes we learn the wrong lesson like we learn like stick it out stick it out stick it out but that doesn't mean sufrir that doesn't that doesn't mean be suffering sacrificing hurting so my biggest lesson is growing and making it work in a good way, in a peaceful way, in a loving way, in a kind way. And and then it's good to not get divorced and it's good to stay together and your kids see that and you you grow them in that way. So all that to say that the biggest lesson is you want to stay married. Sure. You have to put in the work. It's not just going to happen. And both people have to grow. Your spouse will give, you will give, you will both sacrifice, you will both change, you will both change the way you even see the world or how you communicate if you really want to. Like my husband is a very patient man and I'm blessed to be married to him. And he's even more patient because he's married to me, right? So it's awesome. And I am a very generous person and I'm a very loving person. And I'm even more generous because I'm married to him. Like he needed that. He's always needed me to carry us and in many ways. And I've been, it's been an honor to carry us in many ways when I felt like he should do the carrying, and vice versa. We have complemented each other very well in our marriage. And we didn't always have highs. In the lows, one of us had to be like the one to carry the other one. So Man, it's a lot of work, but it's the best work you'll do, like I like to say. And I hope that those that are in a marriage that are struggling are doing the work, doing the things we've said. Ceci so said, keeping it romantic. Bethel said, you know, starting with yourself and communicating. And I said, if you really want to stay married, then you got to do the work to stay married because it doesn't just happen. I think that's really beautiful when both people are all in and it's not like 50 50 it's 100 percent from each person it's not how we grew up and that's boy is that an interesting for us for our generation for the three of us is that an interesting tug of war because doing things different than how you were grew up it's going to be judged it may be celebrated or it's judged or it's criticized or you're sort of going to deal with the implications of like for me in my case, when my mom sees how my husband is, I know she's grateful, but then sometimes I think she's judgmental because she thinks like, I should be doing things. Like I should be doing the cooking or cleaning or dishes or that and the other. And I've had to kind of get her used to like, we both do, we both do, we both do. And, and I was just in Mexico city with her and my sister and we were talking about cooking and everyone was asking about if we're good cooks and if we cook like my mom and we we're all agreeing that we are. And yes, my mom has an amazing repertoire when it comes to cooking and we all do too. But I honestly said, yeah, I do, but I don't cook a lot. Like I don't cook for my family and I'm, I'm a great cook and they're happy when I do, but I don't. And I know it was almost like my mom's looking at me like, how's that my kid? Like, how's that my kid? You know, because she was the mom that was todo el día cocinando, fresh tortillas, no se sentaba, no comía. She'd rather like give you her food for the week so that you could feel so full for one day. And I'm like, oh, I got these skills, but maybe twice a year. I do it for my man. You know, like, that's not true, but it just, i it's so radical to her. But then I also had family members who got it. They're, when one cousin was like, oh my God, you do so much in your work and your kids. Of course, it's so good that you both cook or that you throw that Trader Joe's lasagna in the oven. It's like, yeah, nada pasa. Nada pasa if we don't ever eat homemade tortillas. Like, all is good. Like, I can Instacart Vallarta. I can Instacart Northgate. Them carnitas tastes just as good as my mama's. I sprinkle a little bit of orange on there. Don't nobody know the difference? Like... The point is, we struggle with that generational divide. So, bit on that note, what is one thing that you would say is different in your marriage than the marriage that you come from from your parents?
1: Going into this, like, Otto and I were both older, going into our relationship. Um, so we're both, you know, we were I was 35, he was 36, like, going on to 36. So we're only six months apart. But I think that the fact that we had lived so independently for so long, um, it really allowed for us to just be like, okay, what works for you? What doesn't work for you? In, in the sense of like sharing the space. Um, but I think from the bat, like he was always very helpful with the kids. Like he wasn't like, I'm not going to change a diaper. So I was surprised. I was like, Should, do I need to have a talk with him or I'm going to need him to do these things? So I was surprised. I was taken aback like, oh my God, this guy's really taking an active role in this baby. You know, like, but I mean, the things like that, I feel that, you know, when we started, when we had, like, I think by the time we had Archie, He noticed that things were a lot more on my plate than on his, right? When it came to the household stuff. So he was like, hey, I noticed that, you know, um, I'm going to take this off your hands. Like I would handle the grocery list and the grocery buying and the picking up and the, you know, the delivery, all of that other thing, those things. I just really appreciate that he was very aware of what was happening in our household. And he's like, hey, he didn't say like you're dropping the ball, but it was more like, Mm -hmm. how about I take this off your hands? And I'll handle ordering the groceries and, and this, that, and the other. He's like, just help me out by updating the list, you know, the grocery list that we need. So I felt it was very helpful instead of just telling me like, hey, you're fucking up, <laughs> you know. So which I feel wasn't the case in our home. Like my dad always like, Mi papa fue el que siempre. You know, my mom would take care of kids, clean houses. And like she mostly stayed home. But my dad, without a fail, like, yeah, it it was payday. My dad would come in with bags of groceries, you know, like my mom and him were on the same page. Like he would come, he would come home with all the groceries and the food we needed for the week. He would come home with ice cream for his kids. He would come home with his beer. Like, you know, like the things that we needed, like nunca falto nada. And I think that I never, I, I feel that even though they didn't discuss this equal partnership, my dad just knew that he had certain responsibilities in his household, you know, and and I appreciate that. And um, I think even now with Otto, I love that he's been instead of telling me, like, do you drop the ball more like, let me help you with this. Let me take this off your plate instead of making it seem like a back, you know, backhand some little slap and and like, yo, you're not doing this right. But, you know, I think that we're growing as a couple and we're learning new things and we're learning how to operate in a new way because now we're adding a fourth baby. And maybe the things that have been working so far aren't going to continue to work. And we might have to add something new or change things up a little bit in the way we coordinate and, and, and plan things out. But as of now, it's been very, it's been, it hasn't been an easy marriage, but it has been easy to, to get to the things that we need, you know, from where we're at, if something's lacking, getting there conversation after conversation, you know, <laughs> through the testing, through the little, you know, through the little failures, getting to where we need to be. So it's been, it's been good.
0: I mean, that's the beauty. I love that Veto is being so transparent and candid about like the figuring it out stage. Cause that's the beauty of marriage. Like, it's not gonna be easy. It's like, even though you were both, I love that detail. You're both older, independent, like running your own households. Like clearly when you came together, it's like no one needed to be taught how to wash a dish or anything. Like it all worked out, but like then you both have to manage a household together with different personalities it's like the biggest thing about marriage that is like shit we're so different (laughs) like we're just so prove to
1: me that you're an engineer come on man
0: (laughs) (laughs) no like my husband's like super analytical and i'm super like by the heart and like a major communicator and he can be like super funny but like he doesn't need to talk for hours on end about anything like we have such opposing personalities and yet together it works because we complement each other but then also doing the stuff where you're like running the household together there's a kind of stuff that also drives you crazy like it's the co-worker that drives you crazy to just like live with you like it's like you're so different but it's like you learn to like be like a little bit like the other person or to bend for the other person or they learn to embrace your way of being like my husband is always reinforcing with the kids like what my gifts are and I'm sure they're all the things that drove him crazy in the beginning like they're all the things that he probably was like, you don't have to be that way, girl. But now that he's got like a 15-year-old kid, he's like, I love how mom does things with urgency kids. Like, I love that about mom. Like, she does things today. Why leave it for tomorrow? And 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 it's cool, right? Like, they are learning a lesson there. But I'm like, man, hey, the first 10 years, you did not like that about me, actually, <laughs> right? And then same vice versa with him. There were so many things about Diego that I nitpicked in the beginning. And I look back on it now. And I'm like, shit, thank God he's this person. Like, I'm so glad he's this person. Like, he's just a loving easygoing super present super mushy like he's very romantic and that's an easy thing to take for granted he's very doting and it's such an easy thing to take for granted so I wanted to say this because also evaluate like sometimes you're looking at other people and other things and you're not catching like the greatness that is in your partner like it is hard like shit we're gonna say that we said it right it's hard and you're learning and you're growing but sometimes like there's so many good things in your partner and try to focus on those good things I spent the weekend like I mentioned with my sister my mom and I was like man we're a family full of trauma. Cause I could just see my mom and sister being triggered. I could see them triggering each other. I could see baggage. I could see our upbringing. I'm like, am I this person in my home? Do I get home? And am I the, is, am I the drama? So anyway, I just, it made me so appreciate my husband. And of course I get home and he's like so loving and he missed me so much. And he's like, I don't want you to go on another trip without me. We're getting older and I miss you. And I go on a lot of trips without him. So it was just so sweet. He meant it from such a loving place. Like I'm going to have to escort you wherever you want to go. I miss you so much. And I'm like, man, if 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 I wanted to get home and complain about something, it's stupid. It's so stupid because look at what I have in front of me and look at what a good person he is. And sometimes you could be a bitch and you get home. I shouldn't say you could be a bitch, but you could miss it. You can miss what they're putting down and you get home and you could be, um, why haven't these bills been paid or some dumb shit or why are the dishes dirty or whatever? And he's not even like that. Like whenever I go on a trip, when I come back, I get home to a super clean house. Like that's being the Thaisa. That's being so like, he cares so much. He, he does these things, but I could be a like and be that. like, why were you late you know? to the airport or something stupid? Oh. Right. But he wasn't late. I can't even think of an example of where he messed up. He didn't mess up at all, but we can do that. We can miss the forest for the trees. We can look at the little tiny details and you look at the whole forest and you're like, wow, what a good person. So it's going to be hard, but don't lose sight of the good. Find the good when it's hard. And I Vero and Otto, I love their relationship because you could see that they just kept coming back to each other and kept coming back to each other. And then when you see them as parents and as a couple, like it's amazing because for us as their friends, like we didn't know them like that. And to see them, like, I'm never going to forget when I went over to Vettel's house after we all got together in Long Beach recently and did our photo shoot and our rebrand for our podcast. I get there and Otto looked super adorable in his dad hat, which Diego has a dad hat that we call the dorkinator. We will not call Otto the dorkinator. But he was holding his baby boy. He was on his way to a birthday party. It was like somebody, somebody, somebody's birthday party. And I just remember thinking, like, that is so dope. That was, like, such a dope dad. Like, And then immediately I want to be like, would Diego just take my kid to a birthday party? Like, don't compare. But yeah, he would. But still, I was like, I immediately went to like, what a nice guy. And then there's another story of Otto where he went into the men's restroom to change Kali's diaper. And Diego was super anti that when the kids were little. He always wanted the girls in the girls' restroom. And again, it was like, oh, a cap on Otto's feather. Like, he's such a good dad, you know? And it just made me feel really happy for you, Veto like, I don't know the ins and outs of the relationship. I'm sure it's got its hard moments because mine did in the beginning, but that he was there, that he ran off to a birthday party, that he changed his diapers, that he's such a doting dad, that he has a dorkinator hat. Like, all of it was a total package. It made me really happy. And I don't even want to even get into Luis because I, 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 <laughs> I'm i very impressed. I'm very, very impressed by Luis. I brag about Dr. Luis to everybody I you know. And I, everybody knows what Ceci's daughters eat because I'm like, well, Ceci, she's like super healthy. And then her husband's like a doctor of nutrition. So like those kids, they, they eat like nopales and they eat mushrooms. Like, let me, don't even get me going on those perfect, like healthy <laughs> children. And they're bilingual and they're Spanish. I just go on and on. So I'm so proud of my girlfriends, but I know they haven't necessarily had it easy. I just know they're doing the work. And so- Make sure to focus on the good and doing the work.
1: Yeah, those hats make them official DELFs, just so you know. So we have to keep an eye on it. Remember when Ceci was saying that Julio uh, was going to take his linen pants and like his waraches, like those priest waraches, to <laughs> New Orleans? Oh, no. oh, my God, these DELFs.
0: They need to chill, man.
1: I know.
0: <laughs> these, these outfit choices are incredible. Diego has these pants that transform. They can either be pants or shorts. It's a whole vibe. But, you know, I didn't think about that when I was 20 falling in love with him. But that's where we are today. And their outfit choices and their Dirk and Nader and our dorkiness and our intensity or lack thereof is what they live with. So this was a short and sweet episode to share some of our biggest lessons, but just our lessons overall about relationships and marriage. And we hope that you've gotten some nuggets today. And if anything, it made you appreciate your partner a little bit more, your family, your friends, whoever you feel you're in relationship with. Um, some of the biggest takeaways from today is just, you know, communication isn't always easy, but it's worth it. So find your way. It isn't always verbal. Um, be patient with that and be all in both you and your partner as best you can. Um, I know that it's easier said than done. All three of us know that. And if you're struggling with your relationship and it's something you need coaching on, like we can provide that, but also therapy is critical for relationships. And so get the help that you need if you're struggling with your marriage and the lessons there that are really hard to come by that's it baby girl that's Mm -hmm. it so if you want to chime in and keep the conversation going please feel free to email us our email is admin at leveluplatina.com you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at leveluplatina is our handle find us on Twitter at Latina underscore up and we would just love to hear from you so you know send over your reviews on our podcast send over your comments on any ideas for future topics and don't forget to get your tickets for our event our event is September 24th 11 a.m. Wilmington, California we keep solidifying really great Guests for this event, women that are quite impressive, and you want to be in the room with these women, as well as really fun giveaways. So there's something in it for everyone. So get your tickets today. That link is in our Instagram bio. You can also go to leveluplatina.com to buy your event tickets. So it's level slash events with an S. And we would love to see you on September 24th. Truly, like truly, we would love to see you. Like, please come. Come alone. Come with friends. Bring a man. We don't care. We don't care what you do or how you do it. We just want to see you there. And let's um, right. bring and, your man, bring yes, your bring man's, your, bring your mama, bring, your, bring your sister, bring the bitch you've been trying to get along with, like whatever yeah. you need yeah. to do <laughs> to level up Latina. Uh, pero las quiero un chingo. Thank you for being here today. Uh, thank you for bearing with our mics and our sounds. If this was a funky episode, we do our best. And we do. Las quiero mucho. Un beso, cuidan. Estos so, es happy chau. summer. It's summer.